This segment is brought to you by Matt Bates for Movement Mortgage, NMLS number 844154. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Emilio Desperto. This is your show all about real estate. We're going to cover the ins and the outs of everything you need to know in all of the different facets of real estate. We've got on some great guests today. Really excited to be here. And I want you to know, too, that it doesn't matter wherever you are in the world, if you have real estate questions or need to connect with a local real estate advisor here at Engel & Volkers, we have locations all over the planet. And you can reach out to me if you'd like, 401-359-2338. So my personal direct line, 401-359-2338. Great stuff. So um, today we've got Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage on the air with us. Matt is licensed in Connecticut, Florida, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. And he's helping a lot of our second time, uh, I'm sorry, second homeowners. So people that are buying, you know, their second home, whether it's a vacation home or a place where they live five, five and a half months out of the year. Matt is uh, helping us work with those folks. Matt, welcome to the program. Yeah, good morning. Uh, glad to be here. I uh, hope everybody's having a great week. And uh, you're right. We 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 do a lot of financing for people that are interested in second homes, and uh, for the reason being, with me getting licensed in Florida, and New Hampshire, a lot of uh, our local customers, people that own their primary residences here in Southern New England, uh, tend to buy vacation homes in the the in the majority of the time that they are in Florida or they're in the northern part of the country uh, the, the state uh the region I'm sorry and uh that's in New Hampshire uh it's a lot to get licensed all at once in all these vacation states so it's usually yeah. one, one at a time you know you get a, get some business loan and then you go grab your other license but New Hampshire is a very popular one and Florida is also another really really popular place to buy a second home um some some there's some key differences between second homes and vacation homes and that's I'm, I'm sorry second homes and investment properties second homes by nature are quote unquote vacation homes they are single family residences in vacation like areas so um really the 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 where an investment property could be a a property that's a single family or two family, three family, four family, and it's meant to purchase and get an ROI, a return on your investment. Couldn't, couldn't a second home also be a condo or? Yeah, know, second home could be a condo or family, like, right? It could be anything. A, you can't have a second home, vacation home as a, a multifamily as a second home. Um, the, the That's a very, very distinct guideline in difference between what an investment property loan is and a second vacation home they will not allow multi-family residences for vacation homes they understand that that is you know if you if someone's purchasing a second or uh, their second property and there's multi-units it will be rented out from all, all of the units will be rented out in order to pay the mortgage and then that is defined as an investment property second homes are strictly you are going to purchase a single family or a condo in Miami Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa, uh, Orlando, uh, you know, any, any Naples. I think it's uh, beyond 100 miles from your primary residence. So like oh, wow. 
or or there has to be a distinct vacation like manner to the home like for instance if um somebody owned a house in johnston and then they wanted to purchase a condo on narragansett beach that's not 100 miles away from their primary residence but it's yeah. in a vacation like area like it makes sense why that would be your second home or you know somebody lives in providence and they want to buy a condo or a single family in the in the, in the beach community at newport um, yes, that's a second home that's going to be categorized and accepted as a second home. But if you buy uh, a uh, if you live in a house in uh, Exeter, Rhode Island, and then you say, OK, I want a condo in downtown Providence, well, it's going to be tough to pull off because like is Providence a vacation. Like do people frequently visit Providence on a regular basis as a vacation place? You're going to have to make a strong argument. You know, you're going to have you have to you have to really, really do that upfront underwriting through us to make sure that that's a place that you can shop for a second home. If not, the underwriter is going to say no. And they're going to say it's an investment property and they have to meet the investment property guidelines. But Matt, is there restrictions on where somebody can buy? I mean, because a vacation for you might be different than a vacation. A vacation for me might be you know, going 20 minutes down the road, getting away from like, let's just say if I was married, like just going down the road, like having a place where I could think, you know what I mean? Like, like well, it, it, it is situational and you do, you would have to make a strong argument to the underwriter. And if you have your argument, you know, your case and it's well presented, you know, the, the, the depending on the bank and the underwriter, they're going to work with you on it. But Generally speaking, you have to be ready to explain that. It's not something that's just going to be a given. You have to you have to be ready to you know want to, you know why. Like uh, if you were if you lived in Johnston and you had a little uh, a little well, not little but you had a second spot on Johnston's Pond. You know that's that's a twenty minute drive theoretically, and but is is the is is the second home nicer than your primary residence? Is it bigger? Is it, you know, there's a lot of characteristics that can go into what a second home is. And I guess the reason why, why does it make a big deal? Like why, why investment property, a uh, second home, what does it matter? So the second home, you could put 10% down, um, which is, which is, is the minimum down payment, which is an acceptable down payment. It's not 20%, it's not 25%. If it's yep. an investment property, you have to put 25% down or 15% if it's a single family. So like the down payment requirements for investment properties become a lot higher than a second home. So, you know, someone might say this is going to be my vacation home to avoid having to put all that money down. And so that's part of that's that that's a common thing that we have to filter out as a mortgage company. So being said, just to get over on the down payment requirement. Got or is this something that this is just really going to be a vacation home? Got it. Interesting. So they can go in as little as 10% down on a, a second home, aka a vacation home. Now, Matt, let's say when they're not there, you know, that house is furnished, it's ready to rock and roll. Are there any rules against, you know, somebody renting out that as a like weekly rental for the weeks that they're not there? Uh, is, is there anything against that? Generally speaking, if this is a vacation home, the plan is not to make money on the home. But could you? And if you do, are there any red flags there? Let's just talk about like what I am not supposed to be telling uh, 
somebody that's buying a second home that they can use it as a rental property on the off season. Okay. Okay. You can't, you cannot, you cannot do that. Okay. I'm not so going to say that. that in the I'm bank. I'm not going side. to say that. I'm not going to say that that's okay. So what I'm trying to understand, right, is, and I'm trying to pull, right, <laughs> and I get it's like a fine line, right, is that, okay, so that's the bank size, but is there anything with tax regulations or anything like that? I mean, well, there, there could be, there could be, a, like, for instance, for the folks that want to do an Airbnb, that like, okay, I'm going to buy a second home in Newport so that I have a really nice spot in Newport to hit, to, to enjoy during the summertime. There might be an Airbnb restriction that it doesn't matter what what the bank says, you still can't you can't rent that Airbnb out because they have Airbnb instructions. It's long term rentals. Like so, Newport specifically is like a very great example. Is yeah. that they have some very very strict short term rental um, got rules for the city of Newport, regardless if you have a mortgage or not. You can't have short term rentals. You have to have long term rentals, rentals that are going to be there for six six or more months um on a on a, a rental basis if you're constantly having um new tenants every couple of days because you're airbnb in it you'll get flagged by the city of newport so like every there's rules for every type of property ownership when it comes to these situations whether it's an investment property or airbnb or whatever so you just as a as a, a responsible homeowner you have to check with the bank, but can I rent this out? Well, if you're gonna rent it out, we're gonna do an investment property loan because that's what's available for people that are gonna be renting properties out. Right. Now, here's here's the thing, it's like, hey, okay, why do I have to do investment property? Why would somebody wanna do an investment property loan? Is because if you do do an investment property loan and you do have the down payment requirement and you're okay, here's another thing is sometimes, relatively speaking, second homes and vacation homes, Second homes have can have better interest rates than uh, than investment properties, which is another so lower down payment requirement. They can't. No. So second homes, generally speaking, have had better interest rates than investment properties. So oh, yes, if yes. So if you're buying a second home, there's an attractive feature with the low down payment requirement and possibly getting a better interest rate. But as of recently, Investment property rates and second home rates are the same, have been the same. So like there's you that's not a big deal. I'm talking about over the history of like, you know, over time that as of recently, vacation homes and second homes are basically the same rate. And that's a market condition that's been that's been updated recently. But, you know, in the years past, second homes had better interest rates. But mm-hmm. um and with investment properties, you can use the rent to help you qualify for more money. So like someone might want need that rental income to qualify for the loan if they want to buy a specific house. Sure. Yeah. We'll use that and then that will help qualify for the loan. So there's a positive to doing investment properties as well. It's not like you you get a high rate, you got a bigger down payment cost and it's a total mess. You know, people strategically use uh, investment property loans to be able to get qualified for more more house, more more property with it. With second homes, you can't use that rent projected rental opportunity to purchase the home. It's got to be strictly you can afford both mortgages out of pocket and you don't need the rent to qualify. Got it. So, so I mean, like I'm looking at it like this and I just I'm curious. I want to give the audience a hypothetical. Let's say I live in North Smithfield. OK, and let's say there is a home down in 
I don't know, uh, Tiverton. Okay. And it's on the water and it's a, it's a three unit. Okay. And I want to make that first floor, my home. I can't do it. Not with a second, second home. home. Okay. So that's home. just clearly an investment property. Okay, cool. You learn something new every day. <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. So, um, I mean, it's, it's like, wow, it's kind of, it's not what I had thought, but that's, um, that's amazing. That's what I love about this business, man, is there's just so many things to learn all the time. A thousand yeah. transactions in and I'm still learning stuff every single day. Me too, buddy. Me too. I love it. I love it. Usually, usually we come on here and try to help people try, not, you know, try to learn something without having to make a mistake, you know, because everybody yeah. learns by making mistakes. But if we can avoid a couple of mistakes with a little education, it's like it helps in the long run. But then, oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we have you and Ted Tabuzis and Melissa Delena and, you know, Mike Auger and John LaPointe and everybody else here. Um, guys, I strongly suggest give Matt a shout. You can reach him at the R.I. Mortgageguy.com. The real is the real R.I. Mortgage Guy, but the R.I. Mortgage Guy.com. Check them out and uh, you could get pre approved there. Or if you want to refinance, you could do that there too. There's so much, but you can connect with Matt right there. Super easy. The R.I. Mortgage Guy.com. Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. See you guys all very, very soon. Thank you. Interesting stuff, Matt. Thank you. Hey, stay tuned. We're going to be right back here in a couple minutes on the Dispirito Team Real Estate Show powered by Movement Mortgage. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Emilio Dispirito, and this is the Dispirito Team Real Estate Program powered by Tapuzis and Associates. Today, we've got Ted Tapuzis of Tapuzis and Associates. He's a real estate attorney. He focuses specifically on real estate. He knows the ins and outs of the entire you know, the entire shebang, let me tell you. And he handles Rutland, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and also Florida as well with offices in Rhode Island and Florida. This is the attorney you need to know. And this is why he's here with us today. And we've got a very important topic. So Ted and I uncover the type of disclosures you should have after either a pre-list home inspection. That's when you do a pre-list home inspection market, you have an inspector in. And then also after a buyer does inspections, what do you need to disclose? What do you not need to disclose the ins and outs? And that's why, Ted, we're happy to have you here with us today. Thank you for uh, for always having me on your show. You know, I appreciate it. It's always fun. Always a pleasure. And you know what I love about you, Ted, is you know what, you're always, you're, you, you know what, you answer all of our clients' calls, all of our advisors', advisors calls, I mean, me and you share the same barber. You answer all of his questions, although I feel like we should be charging Josh for the, for that advice. But shout out to Josh at House Call Barbershops. But uh, but yeah, good stuff, Ted. Thanks for being here. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think this is an important topic. It always comes every it comes up every so often. I mean, I know we've done a segment on this before and uh um but uh, but it but and then it's been quite some time since yeah. we had um, so I figured it was you know worthwhile to discuss it again because you know as the market shifts um, you know the relevance of these things um, you know you know becomes more or less important again you know so in this case I think it's more important um, because now um, the buyers are having a little bit more ability 
to a little more say, you know, in, in the in the transaction. And and so if you're if you're representing a uh, you know if you've got a listing and you're representing a seller, then then I think they need to be aware that 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 stuff can come at them um, once a uh, property gets uh, put on the market. So. I, I always think it's really a good, and I know that you do this do as well. Um, always think it's a good practice to uh, um, to do a um, a, a pre um, uh, you know marketing um, inspection, you know whatever however you you refer to it. Um, yeah, pre um, because, inspection. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's I think it's necessary for that 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 seller to know what could possibly come up and um and i i say this because um you know we have you know and massachusetts does as well but but not not as um i think we have it more of a um an obligation for the um for the the party you know the seller um in terms of you know to disclose things um versus like a like a like a, a mass seller um agree you know, and, uh, and even like so it's so it is important in rhode island at least um you know to really be come clean and and you know this did just come up recently in a transaction that um that i just uh that i closed um at the end of uh december okay um people so i'll just give you an example it's just uh, um the the uh, the sellers um had owned the property for about 25 years okay um yeah. you know and i i guess i'm not sure if they were elderly or, or what their circumstance was but um there was an area on the property i think they inherited the property and uh and there was an area on the property which is you know was acreage that had a um like sort of like a dumping ground um where a bunch of stuff was just dumped in the back so a buyer when they look at your property Okay, um, is or and this buyer um, didn't didn't and they're not supposed to. I don't think they're on. You know, they're not going to walk the land and and evaluate what's there and what's not there. You know, so it's kind of no, unreasonable to think yeah. that that that'll happen. You know, and so after the closing takes place, after they've actually moved in because they did some work on the property before they moved in, um, they find all this stuff that was just um, dumped in the back in the backyard, kind of out of out of view which clearly it's, it was there on purpose because you know you're not going to put it in your front yard i mean most yeah. people so um so uh you know they they reached back out to me and i had to reach out to the seller and and uh and you know there wasn't disclosure of it so i think if you're going to sell something and you're aware of an issue with your property it's important to disclose it and say we're not uh, doing anything for that okay so that way it's you know the buyer is making an informed decision on 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 the situation and deciding on their own um that they're going to proceed or not proceed the other, the other it also came up recently too uh, amelia i'm sorry to ramble but um, no you're good you're good you know there's 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 situations that come up like with um you know little repairs that have been made um you know things like this that 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 probably should have been disclosed on the disclosure um so when it isn't disclosed and it isn't like a complete repair okay now you haven't disclosed it. The issue comes up, um, and uh, then you say, "Oh yeah, I did do that repair." And the first question that's going to be asked is, "Why didn't you put that on the on the disclosure statement?" Yeah. You know, so, so, and that's these are these are this, and so it works against you, you know, for not putting it on there, even if you did. Yeah, what do else it. did you miss? Right. What they're thinking. Yeah. What else did you miss? That's exactly right. So, so you know, you got to be careful with these things, and the 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 
proper way to do it is to to disclose. You know, say what what you've done. Um, you know, if you if there was an insurance claim, you know, something happened, um, and you use that money to fix the property, whatever the issue was, um, disclose it. Um, you did it. You fixed yes. it. Yes. So there's nothing to hide there. You know, as a matter of fact, hiding it can work against you. So <laughs> so that's why I say, you know, like you might not know of, uh, you know, like maybe maybe you think your property is perfect. Uh, most people do. Well, um, it is. But, right. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but but, um, you know, and I and I know we're joking a little bit, but I think it's important <laughs> to point that out that I that uh, that it is necessary as a seller to be aware of what you're selling um, and not just kind of like turn a blind eye. So I need some clarification here, Ted, right? So let's say somebody has an issue. Um, let's say they have, okay, let's say they do pre-list home inspections. They have the home inspector, Mike Auger, Patriot Home Inspections, perfect example. He goes out, he looks in the attic and he sees in the attic that there's molds all on the roof sheathing, like all up there. Okay. So he says, hey, listen, you got this. And by the way, this isn't like 50% of homes here in New England. It just is what it is. They're not vented well. The insulation is like blocking the whatever it is, right? So he says you got some mold up in there. Now, let's say you send like Dan Anderson Green Home Solutions. We use him all the time, right? So he goes out there, cleans everything up. Now there's no more mold. There's no more issue. And then we fix the problem at hand. We pull the insulation back from the events. Now the roof is venting perfectly fine. There's no issue. Do you have to disclose that there was mold in that house, even though there's no issue? Yeah. So, so that's so that's exactly the the, the second scenario I I, um, I came up with. Um, I would say yes, Emilio. I, I would say yes because you're my, such my an attorney. Huh? Such an, you're such an attorney. I said. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> no, no, yeah. it's a good thing. It's, it's not an insult. No, I know. I know. I'm, I know you're joking, but but I I think. I think it is important, um, and the reason why I say that is because you could get away with it and say, "No, nope, I mean, it's not there anymore." So, yeah, we took care of it. But how do you know that you've gotten it all? Um, and so, if somebody Good comes point. back and says, "Hey, wait a minute, there's there's mold," you know, because you know it's sort of like an ex a title exam. I mean, every examiner has its own um, evaluation of what the prop the title to the property looks like. You know, so. Yeah. It, it, Sort of like, you know, everybody's got their own opinion of what isn't and what isn't subjective. a problem. So yeah. it is very subjective, right, to a certain degree. I mean, there's some science behind it, you know, like a, a law behind it, but then there's also, you know, some some subjectivity. So I think, um, you know, along those lines, you know, you might have caught most of it and maybe you didn't catch everything or maybe there was some remnants and then you, you, you're you asked the question, you didn't disclose it. Um, and then, then it's going to go right back to that point, like, Okay, what else didn't you disclose? So, um, and why didn't you disclose it? Now I'm worried, you know? So I think it is better just to say, hey, we found some mold in a pre um, uh, a marketing inspection, you know, and which which we did to be proactive. Um, we re remediated it. This is the company we used. Okay, yeah. now you're clean. You, you don't have anything to worry about. As a matter of fact, closing takes place, you move on, um, you've disclosed it, and, and, and that's all you knew about, right? So, you, that's what I think is the, the safe bet for you. Yeah, that that's that that was is perfectly put, right? And and I hope you know, and I hope you know, you know, when I said you're such an attorney, that was a compliment. Because no, your your yeah, your, yeah. your job is to protect us, protect the clients, protect everybody in the transaction, and to be 
fully transparent. And that's and that's like why we love those pre-list home inspection reports, because get this right. And we've had sellers say this before. They say not many, but we've had a couple say, well, what if something bad comes up? Then now we have to disclose it. And I say, listen, if that bad thing comes up and you have buyers, especially first time buyers, and they're there with their dad and their mom and their uncle and their aunt and their four siblings and whoever else, and they find a, a smidge of whatever in the house, it's going to come up and then they're going to hammer you in either requests. Normally it's $3 for every $1 worth of actual repairs that they ask for in credits. And they're going to get their person out there who's going to up it and this and whatever. Who knows what could happen? Or they could get scared and pull out. So instead, get it all handled ahead of time. Disclose it with a full-blown report. And then the invoice of the reputable company that handled the repair. And then boom, guess what you got? You got a smooth sailing, transparent transaction. And you no one can use anything against you. That's right. That's that's. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. I think uh, it hits the nail right on the head because that's what you want. You don't want to hear from these people after the closing, you know, and that's and that's always an, a, a possibility. But you you definitely mitigate that possibility by by doing this. This, this is this is it costs a little more. Right. Yeah. And nobody wants to spend money. You know, but but you know what? You made a good point. I didn't realize it was three dollars for every one dollar. So imagine Dude. you don't do anything. You play, you 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 uh, you think nobody will notice, and they do, and then it becomes uh, more costly to you. So but let's say, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, Ted. Let's say you spend a thousand dollars on inspections, full blown everything. Septic was inspected, flow test in the well, what like the whole nine, right? And then all of a sudden you got like two thousand dollars worth of repairs. You're like, oh, that's three grand. But let me tell you. That's three grand, but let me tell you what that is not. That is no objections now from buyers coming in saying, hey, does this septic work? Uh, I'm from Boston. We have sewers. I'm really concerned. Is this septic? Well, here's a report. Boom. Here you go. This is fully awesome, operational, works great, was just tested. Oh, great. No more objection. Now you've just added a buyer to the pool. When you have more buyers, you have more demand, you make more money. Okay, that's one of the things. And then the other thing too is there's nothing worse than a house going on the market and then off the market and then back on the market. And it it, it just, what it does is people see the history online and there may not be anything wrong with that home. It could just be a series of unfortunate events okay, uh, outside of the seller's control. But if it is inspection stuff, now that has to be disclosed. Guys, Ted Tapuzis, Tapuzis and Associates, I strongly suggest that you go ahead and reach out to Ted in his office if you have any questions at all. Um, if you're a realtor, you know, these guys, they get the job done and they get it done correctly. Your clients are going to love them. They're so important in the transaction. They're the last person your clients see so you're going to want to go ahead and uh, make sure you hire the right people. Ted, I'm looking for your phone number right now. It's 401-533-988. Awesome. Good stuff. Ted, thanks for being here with us today. We appreciate you. Awesome yeah. segment. Hey, stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with some more we've got josh and chris from j allen paradise home stagers and we're going to talk about why it is so essential right now in this market to be staging homes 
uh, before you list them. Stay tuned. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Tapuzis and Associates. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm Emilio Desperado, and this is your show all about real estate. Now, we're talking about the ins and the outs of real estate, and we're talking about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that you can do as a seller today to earn more when you sell your home. You know, when you're selling a house, you have to make sure that that home is pictured in its right condition. You need to make sure that buyers can feel the vibe that your home is giving off, right? And you need to also make sure that it appeals to the largest majority of buyers out there so you can sell it for the highest price. Makes sense, right? So why is it that sometimes when we're going in and sharing some of the preparation for homes, sometimes sellers get a little bit, oh, what, there's a little bit of an expense to that? No, it's an investment. So today here with us, I wanna talk with, we're talking with Josh and Chris of J. Allen Paradise Home Staging, and we're talking about how you can add between one and 3% to the top of what you're going to earn when you sell your home and uh that is with obviously with home staging okay so good stuff josh and chris welcome to the program hey buddy how's it going it's it's going great and i'm so glad to have you guys here because in in markets like this where homes sometimes are sitting a little bit longer depending on price range um and depending on condition and situations it's important that sellers have options and that they understand what they need to do to sell for the lowest cost, but the least amount of hassle and the highest return on investment. And you guys, you got that solution here with home staging. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. And now guys, be, before we jump into that, I, I do want to clear up a misconception. Home staging doesn't always mean that you're going to bring furniture in it could mean a consultation right can you explain what a home staging consultation would be without bringing furniture in absolutely mm -hmm. um consultation we can spend up to two hours with the client uh walking their house and determining from an outsider's eye uh, you know how we all get a little house blind at time you, know, oh, you yeah. see your own house and you think everything looks great but it doesn't look great for the buyer's market. So we'll come in and we'll advise the, the seller, you know, what to get rid of, what to move, and even some changes if they need to make changes, say paint colors or putting stuff in storage, whatever the case may be. It can be something as simple as just moving the furniture around and maximizing what they already have in their house. Absolutely. You guys, I, I learned... When when I was when I started, this is the second when I started real estate story today for our listeners. But guys, when <laughs> when, when I jumped into real estate, it's almost eleven years now, right? And and when I jumped in, I was like, how am I going to get business? What am I going to do? Well, it's all about differentiating yourself, right? So as a realtor, what I did was that you guys weren't in business at that time, so I linked up with one of my other friends who was doing staging, and I asked her. I said, hey, can you come in? on these homes that were on the market before they came off of the market they didn't sell which by the way realtors listen up this is this is huge so i said you know i'm going to be different and i'm going to go into my listing appointment and i'm going to tell my clients look i'm going to cover the cost of these home stagers coming in doing a consultation for you now that you know three four hundred five hundred bucks whatever it is i'm going in now and I'm winning that listing because we're offering a solution. And you guys go in 
and you say, hey, guess what? Move this chair over here, move this over here, take this picture down, put this in the other room. It accents the wall, this and that. And it may sound simple and easy, but you have the eye that I don't have and you have the eye that the seller doesn't have on how we need to open the house up, maybe brighten it up, open up the room so that the photography pops. And that's where it's at. We got a exactly. paint picture and you guys have that paintbrush. We've had a couple of instances recently where homes have been stagnant on the market and the seller uh, contacts us. He, we stage it, you know, he takes the listing down for about a week. We go in, we stage it, he reshoots uh, photos, puts it back on the market and bam, it's gone within what, maybe bingo, a week. A week yep. to two weeks, yeah. We have a hundred, I have a hundred percent success rate in staged homes. Every home that was originally on the market with another broker and it came off of the market because it didn't sell, that I went in and used you to stage either with the consultation or with furniture, 100% have sold. And they've sold faster and they sold higher in price than they would have without. Well, there's a reason why. Um, we're romancing the home. And we were just telling an, an agent this the other day, we went to go look at a couple of, uh, bigger homes, you know, higher end homes up in the Boston area. And the agent was saying, you know, she's never staged before, but she wants to try it. Good. And, you know, typical story that Josh and I tell every agent we work with is we go in, we look at the house, we see it as a commodity because it's something that we see maybe mm -hmm. three or 400 houses a year. Yep. And by the time we're done staging the house, it's been romance. We're in love with this place. Yeah. And we can totally picture people living there. We can picture ourselves living in there. Most of the time, yeah. <clears throat> That's it. Homestagingrhodeisland.com. If you're just now tuning in, I want you to know that who we're talking with right now, it's it's uh, J. Allen Paradise Home Staging Company. We have Josh, we have Chris here, and it's homestagingrhodeisland.com. You're going to see some of the before and after sliders that they have on their website. They do a really fantastic job. And I got to tell you that homes that are staged or prepared for sale with the staging consultation will sell at a higher price point. Okay. So um, this is when we bring in the pros, especially for homes that were on the market. Now, if your house is on the market and it's not selling and it's about to come off the market and you're looking for a realtor for that future listing, give me a call. I'm going to go ahead and give you a free uh, I'm going to pay for these guys to do a full-blown consultation at your property when you select me and my team. And I'm going to get your home sold for top, top dollar, 401-359-2338. This deal is only exclusive for our listeners here on this show, podcasts, and video. 401-359-2338. Your dog is even excited over there. It's good He's stuff. He's really excited, yeah. <laughs> when, when, when you go to, yes, and when you go to sell, you're going to be excited too when you're actually getting your goals accomplished. It's absolutely huge. There is no more, hey, let me go ahead with my camera phone in here, snap some pictures of a cluttered oh, yeah. room. You got to be prepared. You have to be prepared. You need to be professional about this. It's a tough market. You need professional photos. You don't want the iPhone camera phone just snapping a couple of quick pics and putting it out. Again, we've talked about this you know, a couple of other times. It's like setting yourself up on a dating website. You want to make sure yourself looks, you want to make sure you look in your best light possible to present yourself out to 
the public. Same think, thing with your house. I think one of the best visuals is I, I brought you guys in on a couple of occasions. We, we were teaching some seminars and I see Chris and then Josh walks in and Josh has like a like a sweatsuit on. Right. <laughs> and I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, what? the first time you did this, I'm like, yeah, this guy is kind of underdressed for how he normally dresses. I'm like, what is going on? Right. And, and then Josh, like, what's your whole spiel on that? What's your whole spiel? So, like? so I'm where, you know, I have, uh, you know, I've got dress shoes in a bag and I've got a suit jacket in a bag and I'm wearing a hoodie and sweatpants and gym shoes. And then Chris is wearing a suit. So we stand next to each other and ask the audience, you know, if we're a listing, you know, we're, we're similar, you know, one was, you know, built in the uh, late sixties, mid eighties over here. And, you know, this one's been updated a little bit. You know, um, you know, maybe they they staged this listing. They did a little bit. They, you know, put a little bit of time into uh, getting the home ready. You know, so we go back and forth. People call out what you know I would need to do to get uh, ready to list myself. Yeah. And you know, by the time they take off the hoodie, you know, so I take off the hoodie and I've got a dress shirt and a tie on you know, and take off the sweatpants and uh, I, I've got dress pants on. And then by the end of it, I'm dressed just as he is, you know, in a suit. So mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting. It shows that you can take stuff that you already own um, and make yourself or your home look more presentable. Yeah, 100%, Josh. I, I thought that was great. And it's a good visual. People, they, they, they've got to see it sometimes to understand. And yeah. what I like about that analogy, too, is part of what you guys do is if you see like they have these huge area rugs or even rugs over beautiful hardwood floors, I got to tell you one of the things I do, and you guys do it, too, is we go, oh, wait a second, rip this up. This is very inexpensive to do. You already got what buyers want right here. And this Absolutely. is going to add 10 or 20K to your home value. Like, boom, do this, right? So it's huge. And I just got to say to anybody listening, regardless whether you're a realtor or a home seller or uh, an investor or whatever, you got to make sure when you're listing your properties that they are presented perfectly, okay? As best as you can as best as you can, and you're going to go ahead and make more money out of this. So I want you to go ahead and reach out to these guys, homestagingrhodeisland.com, homestagingrhodeisland.com. Uh, and I want you to redeem code Emilio. Okay. Code Emilio <laughs> is when you take me in your house, I list your home uh, with a listing agreement. I will go ahead and hire these guys and stage your, we'll have them come and do the staging consultation on me okay good stuff josh and chris with jay allen paradise home staging we appreciate you guys so much for coming on thank Thanks, you Amelia. so much for having us always a pleasure you're very 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 welcome you too awesome segment thanks to these guys they uh they do a wonderful job homestagingrhodeisland.com go ahead and check them out i'm emilio despirito and this is the despirito team real estate show stay tuned we're going to be right back here in a couple minutes with Jennifer Javers, RI Blogger. Top five events happening here in Rhode Island. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Engel and Volkers. Stay tuned. Hey, what's going on? It's Emilio Desperado with the Desperado Team here. And we're talking real estate, right? Every single week. But we're also talking about the top events that are happening in our beautiful communities here in Southern New England, specifically 
with this segment in Rhode Island. So we've brought on Jennifer Jaber of riblogger.com to talk about our top five events weekly here. And let me tell you something, you need to check out that website. There's so much to do. It never ends. There's so many things that are added to it daily, and you can add your events for free of charge as well, riblogger.com. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. We got a bunch of stuff going on as we're leaving, hopefully, the winter, even though the groundhog says differently, <laughs> and, we're, and we're slowly making our way to spring. What's happening? It's true. It's true. So, well, we're going to talk ice on Saturday, February 25th. Um, Duncan presents the ice carving demonstrations at Long Wharf Mall um, at 11 a.m. in Newport. There'll be live ice carving demonstrations. Um, Duncan will be there with product samples in their inflatable igloo, which will be complete with family games. Um, and the ice sculptures will remain on display until they melt. And we have no idea how long that would take with this weather. So definitely try and get there sooner rather than later. Yeah. Friday, February 24th at the Met is the Lit Fest 2023 um, Rhode Island's Indoor Arts Festival. It showcases prominent and outgoing talent from Rhode Island and New England. The artists are hand-selected for their incredible works. There'll be poets, MCs, singers, as well as physical crafts, such as clothing, painting, um, and more. It starts at 7, well, doors open at 7 p.m and there'll be live music, drinks, and dancing. And I believe the music starts at 8. Awesome. On Tuesday, February 21st, Proclamation Ale Company turns 9. Wow. Um, and it's, I know, I know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> it's Yeah. Um, it's their week-long celebration, Tuesday to Sunday. Um, events include live music, trivia, food trucks. Um, there'll be entertainment and food Tuesday through Sunday, it varies each day. So they have um, a schedule or, and we posted the schedule too right up on the event. So you can check that out, um, see what the food is and what the entertainment will be. Yeah. Um, if you love burgers, the 2023 yeah. Newport Burger Bender continues until February 26th. Um, local restaurants are hoping to be crowned the best burger. And there's all types um, all around Newport. You can head to discovernewport.org to check out what the burgers are. And then also you get to jump on there and cast your vote for your favorite burger. And there's beef and non-beef options available. So no matter what kind of a diet you follow, you should find something you like. Wow. And I really want to do this. Um, two of my favorite things. Last but not least, February 22nd, you can head to Newport um, Vineyard for a wine and cheese class from 6 to 8 p.m. Educators will take you on a journey through local cheeses paired with Newport Vineyards wines. Um, there'll be five cheeses paired with five different wines, and it's $45 per person. Wow, great. When, when is that Newport one again? The Newport uh, February, Wednesday, February 22nd. Awesome. Good stuff. And you can check it all out at riblogger.com. It's where Rhode Islanders and outsiders, sorry, outsiders, where everybody, <laughs> where everybody goes to find out what's happening here in Rhode Island. Great stuff, Jennifer. Thanks for being here with us. We'll check those out. Thanks. Have a great week. You're very welcome. Thank you. What a great show today. I'd like to thank Jennifer Jaber of riblogger.com for jumping on with us. She always talks about the top five events, five events here in Rhode Island, riblogger.com. Check her out. Ted. Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. He is a real estate attorney, knows his stuff here, licensed here in Rhode Island and Florida. Check him out, Tapuzis and Associates. Also, Matt Bates of RI 
mortgageguy.com. That's Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage. Thanks so much to these folks for coming on, jumping on, and educating us in the real estate space. Also, Andrew, our producer, Bill, our station manager, and you, our listeners. I'm Emilio Desperado signing off. God bless you. We'll see you next week here on the Desperado Team Real Estate Show, powered by Engel and Volkers.